Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday. We made it through another week again. <laughs> and it's June. Oh my God, it's June. June, June Hannah. It's June, my June, birthday Hannah. month. It's, yes. It's Pride month. I've always felt like it was such a special treat to get to share my birthday month with Pride. And also the West Hollywood um, Pride Parade is usually on my birthday weekend, which is very exciting. I've definitely... As like a 21-year-old thrown up in a garbage can and had some people like hold my hair and be like, it's okay, Aww. sweetie. And um, I really appreciate that because, you know, that might have been rude of me on the Pride weekend. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. Also, we went to fucking Disneyland. Oh, yeah. We totally did. Um, it we was totally awesome. Did. How did you feel? A lot of shit broke down, and I was really proud of us for getting on the rides before they break down. Like, my whole thing about Disneyland is that, like, there's limited resources from everyone, so or for everyone, and it's, like, sort of a Lord of the Flies but fun situation. So if you yeah. can get stuff other people can't get, like, you're doing very well. You are letting that roll off your tongue like that's a normal type of person. And let me be clear. <laughs> I've I've been to Disney with people who are like, oh, I'm really into Disney. And I've talked to people who are like, I'm really into Disney. And no one is into Disney the way that you are, Alyssa. <laughs> and I love it. It's now my favorite kind. Your approach and your attitude is hysterical and productive. But, like, it is not – you oh, are not you. the, like – we're putting on our ears. We're getting all of the fast passes and getting like we're no. you were like we are going to have the most efficient, fun trip, and I hope that everybody else has a worse time than us. And it's fabulous. Yes, yeah. it's it's like a it truly is sort of like a Lord of the Flies like survival situation, and it's great. And you also Especially had the now. best approach ever by having. This sort of because listen, the the only downside to Disney is that you get really really tired. You get pooped. Mm-hmm. You just get tired. Mm-hmm. And your tactic of stopping in the middle of the day to sit down for a martini at Carthay Circle is genius. I think you should copyright <laughs> it. I think you should have a coffee table book about how you do Disney. Oh my god! I would truly, if there's any publishers listening, love to publish like the adults' guide to Disneyland. Yes, that's what it is. That's, uh, that's I, what it, I felt like I was doing. It felt like Disney was Vegas, you guys. So like next time you do yes. Disney, approach it like Vegas, and you're doing it Alyssa style, and you're gonna have a way more fun time. <laughs> oh my god, that is the highest compliment because I also love Vegas, and I feel the same way. I feel like it's you know you create an experience for yourself. There's so much mm-hmm. to do, and people who are like I hate. Disneyland it's for kids it sucks I'm like no if you bring kids it sucks but if you go as an adult and you drink (laughs) like it's amazing and so yeah I'm really glad that you guys saw it the same way that I did and also I very much like view it as a competition against everyone else so (laughs) I'm not gonna let anyone beat me when I'm bringing my friends you know (laughs) That, yeah, that's so. the, that's the thing, and it's great. And you had a perfect. We had like the perfect amount of like standing in line. We had the perfect amount of eating. We went on very sick rides. It was so so great. And then when a ride would break after we took it, you were like, "Yes, <laughs> that means guys, no look, going on the ride. <laughs> we got in there, baby." And it's just very sad. But you feel that, right? Oh, totally. That's what like, I'm saying. It's contagious. Like conditions. I would not even look back, Alyssa, to see if the ride had broke after I took it. Like, no one – I don't know anyone else who's doing that. And then you would check the app and be like, guess what? The fucking Radiator Springs is broken. All of those people behind – and it was right after we took it. So you're like, all of those people are losers. It's, yeah, it's, it's like great. double. It's a real, I, like, athletes – like, it's very Mamba mentality does Disney. And yeah. I love it. It's great. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm like, we're standing in this line this whole time. I'm like, please don't break down while we've been here. It'd be such a waste of our time. And then once it breaks down afterwards, it's like, I want to see if I got a better deal than everyone else. I like look back at the rest and be like, well, how long is the line time now? Did we make a mistake by going at that time of day? And we never did. We were very lucky. So, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm glad you had a good time. (laughs) Uh, It was the best. It was the best. 
Um, let's get into some of the silly reality TV. I think this was a very fun and weird and every once in a while shocking week. Um, should we talk about Beverly Hills? Yes. Oh, my God. Kathy Hilton is such a gem. I Watching her go into Kyle's room at like 1.25 a.m. and bring her fan and eat chips – and drink a Red Bull in the middle of the night. I'm like, what? You're fucking Paris Hilton's mom. Go to bed. What are you doing? <laughs> Aren't you sleepy from being Paris Hilton's mom? You must be. <laughs> she does have, like, we've talked I, on the pod about how you and I, I don't have sisters. Her. But she has such, it, like, they're painting such a picture of what it's like. And, like, first of all, I would do that to my brothers and be like, sorry, this is my space now. And it's just to the <laughs> chips in bed is so fucking funny. She's so unapologetic. And she's just, like, there with her iPad and a stack of newspapers. Like, what are you even reading? Where did you get those newspapers, well, Kathy Hilton? What's going on? I... Does she know? I don't think she knows anything about technology because she could read the newspapers on the iPad. So why would she have both? Also, like, did you see the Instagram live she did with Kyle where she, like, didn't know what channel the show was on? Like, thought she was just FaceTiming Kyle and started talking about their personal plans. And Kyle was like, Kathy, everyone can see what you're saying. <laughs> like, Here's it was my crazy. Thing. You know, like, I feel like there's instances where, like, a child will be somewhat disobedient and then, like, years later they find out that they, like, had a hearing problem and, like, they actually couldn't hear you when you were explaining the rules or, like, trying to punish them or whatever. That I Maybe that's what's going on with Kathy and her sight because homegirl can't see. She has no idea what's going on around her because she no. clearly can't see. She put eardrops in her eyes in this episode. <laughs> She's mistaken Garcelle and Kyle for each other. Like, this woman needs LASIK. This woman needs LASIK, and in the very least, contacts. And she won't get contacts because she's scared. And listen, contacts are creepy and scary, and I hate them too. I have them. But if I'm, I'm like, I'm not Kathy Hilton, and I know I need to see. <laughs> but you know what? You know what's also scary? Putting eardrops in your eyes. <laughs> like, I also, I, I guess it's because so they're much. in Tahoe, but like what, why does anyone have eardrops? Are eardrops a thing? I feel like eardrops are for like babies. I don't like even babies. know what eardrops do. They're like if yeah, you have an I ear have infection. No so maybe someone had them for like an altitude reason because of Tahoe, but I am very confused why there was even eardrops in the first place. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. I was a little, I, also, I was a little, so yeah. No, you go. I was a little disappointed to see that the martini bottoms up was a joke because I really thought these bitches were like downing martinis and I was like, I would do it. I would do it with Kathy if she wanted to. Um, she did order a Belvedere martini, which is my favorite type of martini. So Ooh, yeah. respect Belvedere for that, but I guess it just ended the, up being water. Belvedere is the first thing that ever made me throw up because I went from – oh, I was no. like drinking my senior year of college. No, in a good way. I mean, I still would totally drink it, but – I went from drinking in college where I first started drinking and there we were drinking this thing called Barton's Vodka, which like basically came in like a laundry detergent container. Like it was mm-hmm. so disgusting. It was like $7 and it was like the size of my torso. And mm-hmm. then my senior year, New Year's, uh, it was like, New Year's, it's a special occasion. Let's get Belvedere. And it, and it tasted in comparison like Fiji water. Like, I couldn't tell that I was drinking alcohol because the Belvedere was so smooth and so crisp and so, I mean, delicious. So I had, like, 14 lemonade and Belvedere's. (laughs) And I was throwing up before midnight. I know, Alyssa. I know. I knew you were going to so totally cringe. But I now I would, like, love to have a Belvedere martini. It sounds amazing. But I remember thinking, like, oh, wow, that is the difference between – like expensive alcohol and shitty alcohol is it's such a different experience it's a completely different experience wow i just remember buying so much pop off when i was in fucking high school going up to ucsb to visit my boyfriend who was going to school there and it's like why did anyone ever think it was a good idea to do shots of vodka from a plastic bottle like that's so <laughs> disgusting it's we should gross. know better. I don't know. We should know anyway. better. We should be better. It's very Kathy Hilton of us. I will say, yes. did, it, looking at this prank, so I love Kathy's original idea, which is to prank everybody by saying that she basically shotgunned a fucking martini. I 
think that Dorit handled it the worst you could handle a prank by telling everybody else one by one that it was a prank. And I get the idea that they were trying to prank Kathy back, but it, it kind of ruined the prank for each person because then the only people who believed it or were sort of caught up in it were like the two people who were left out. I just thought she like fucking ruined it. I think she was having fun and I don't want to like yuck her yum, but she handled the prank totally wrong. Like if I had done that to you at a bar and was like, we're, we're fucking with all of our friends. We're both going to pretend like we're drinking martinis. You would pretend to drink the martini and like keep up the ruse. And Dorit immediately started texting people that it was fake. Wouldn't cause no one. Oh, you think it's weird didn't... that Dorit doesn't get a bit. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> no one did it. That's the point, right? Nobody actually shotgunned a martini because they all were in on it. And I was like, but if you, the point is that you yeah. get somebody to actually do it. And Dorit ruined, robbed Kathy of that. And now they're like, look, Kathy, you thought we were all drinking martinis, but it was water. And Kathy's like, okay, so none of us fucking did it. That's lame. And I'm like, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the point is to get other people to try to do it, I guess. Yeah. yeah I see what you're saying. Yes. Uh, I will say the, anyway. the, the Erica thinking that Dorit did it was pretty priceless. Like, that was really, that was great. And also, now it's only caused damage to our lives because you know you and I are going to do this one day and probably yeah. throw up. Like, there's no way we don't do no, I get really a martini and go bottoms it. up. <laughs> yeah. You could do it, you think? I also just love that bottoms up is, like, a thing now. Yeah, I really do think I could because I already drink martinis, like, way faster than Mike just by accident because I like them so much. And so I really, if someone was like, we're doing bottoms up, I'd be like, no problem. <laughs> I when I thought it was real before it was revealed that it was a prank, I was like I had wrote down this poor bartender, have they never heard of shots before? <laughs> I was like, This bartender is making all of these martinis when they could just be taking vodka shots and make it a double if you want that. But then once I realized it was water I felt a lot better. But I was like, Do these women not know what a shot is? This is crazy. Uh, the what was I gonna say? Uh Sutton having a full mental breakdown. Over nothing. Like, I don't think she's okay. I think she needs help. I don't think she's help. okay either. I think that there is often a trend I've seen where a housewife will get upset and everyone else goes, oh, there's something going on in her life. And most of the time, that bitch is just being upset about something. Like, it's a misdiagnosis to yeah. be like, what else is going on? It's like, maybe she's just annoyed with you or she's whatever. But this does seem like an instance where there is something going on behind the scenes in Sutton's life because the the defensiveness and the sensitivity and the like the emotional reactions to things is getting hard to follow. It's crazy. I I don't mean to call yeah. her crazy. I'm just saying the whole thing seems pretty pretty no, bananas to me. No, she's being pretty crazy. We can call her crazy. She was <laughs> okay. being like racist and then she was being crazy, you know? Yeah. So I'm not yeah. really sure. It kind of takes the bite out of the racism thing because I'm like, oh, you're unreasonable about legitimately every single thing, including race, you know? So yeah. I don't... It's, we'll see how this plays out. I'm not sure. Maybe she's just really overwhelmed being on a girl's trip for the first time. I don't know. I'm But... Even that, it's like you still have really bad ideas about race. So I'm not really sure what to make of that whole situation. I think Crystal being like, she's lost her mind is like the right way to react, to be honest with you. Because Crystal is also making, beyond trying to fucking teach Sutton how to be a good functional person, she's also making great efforts to just be kind to her. I feel like she was trying to get to know her in the car. She was like being friendly with her at dinner. Like, Crystal's going above and beyond and is still getting shit thrown back in her face. So Crystal has every right to be like, what the fuck, dude? Um, And I I feel like that would be – it doesn't necessarily surprise me that Sutton is the the weirdest. It just seems like she's going really hard, really fast. Um, Yeah. Should we talk about – let's – can we talk about Siesta Key? I just want to make sure we have time to talk about Siesta Key. Yes. That's okay. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. I think Brandon's sperm are weapons of mass destruction. (laughs) I am shook by this really, really horrible reveal about Camille having also been pregnant at the same time that Brandon's actual baby mama was pregnant, suffering a, like, very intense and awful experience of having an ectopic pregnancy. 
and now having to deal with her boyfriend who was the baby's father having had a child with another person at the same time all of this is going on she's being filmed on this reality show and like part of the plot is Brandon trying to get her back and making her feel bad for being flirted with by other guys I won't even say that she's going out of her way to flirt with other people there's other there's like she'll be talking to a guy and he'll be like Camille what's up Camilla 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 what's up and it's, it's like a really it's getting a little too fucked up for me it's I there's that like part of me that so selfishly like loved the reveal I like gasped and it was like oh my god but then again I remembered that this is real these are real lives this is a real baby this is a real pregnancy and it's like Brandon you're indefensible Right? Yeah, he's just like a major asshole at this point. It really it's uh it's a lot. He's a he's a very bad guy. Like I even just to the point where she got a chance to sit down with him and say like why did you do that to me? And the only answer he has is I don't know. And then he's still yeah. going to pursue her after that. It's just like you're a disgusting pig. Like I'm sorry. He's that's very disgusting and this show is and the context of the show like everything that this puts him in is only going to be placating him and enabling him in a really shitty way which sucks like it's going to encourage it's encouraging him to focus on the things that don't matter and like be very egocentric and whatever like the fact that he gets to go to this private island and like release a music video it's like bro you are ruining lives and uteruses everywhere like it's I also can't. just like god forbid you don't fucking hook up with someone for like a little bit in front of a girl you just had an ectopic pregnancy with like can you just yeah. calm the fuck down and not I mean I know that's the show but like it would be an interesting storyline for someone to be like I'm really interested in Brandon and Brandon being like I'm not in a place where I should be dating you know like that's fine that I will watch that it's just crazy these I mean he somehow became the biggest villain on the show but they're not treating him that way they're treating him like oh it's a crazy love triangle like they're all jealous and you know it's not fair they're not treating him that way because he's dumb as a stump he makes Garrett yeah. look like fucking Einstein, and I yeah. Where know is that Garrett, before. by the way? <laughs> I know it's Garrett is in the next on at the end of this episode, so I hope Garrett is going to be there next week. Okay, dumb, dumb, my sweet little dumb dumb. I'll call him my sweet little dumb dumb Garrett. Uh, and but yeah, yeah. The the Brandon stuff just like really sort of leaves me speechless. And to your point, I don't think Brandon has ever said no about anything except maybe like chores or school like this guy follows his impulses (laughs) and does whatever the fuck he wants to do I it does make me feel so bad for Camilla that in this show where the plots are so 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 dumb the stakes could not be lower often it's like a painting of of Juliet that actually looks like Jordana or like a bikini war between who has better bikinis and then you turn to this plot and you're like oh shit this is not this is not about a swimsuit or a weird, bad Victoria's Secret ripoff painting. This is, like, people's lives, and it's it's too yeah. much. That being said, I reserve the right to also continue to call Brandon's baby mama creepy. I think she's creepy. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. creepy. I feel bad for the situation she's in. I have a lot of empathy for her. But she has – she is maybe – the. I can't even think of a different word. And I don't even know if I've ever called a woman creepy before. But her vibe is so creepy. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, does she have teeth? I don't know. It's unclear. <laughs> is that it? I can't put even my finger on it. But there's just something. And I'm not vibe, sure. She's something so, is creepy. She's always, like, moving in this very, like, like liquidy way. And she always has the baby. And yeah. she, the way she, like, says, mm-hmm, yeah. Like, her <laughs> It's like she's still voice, partying. Like, I yeah. think that's what it is. It's like she's like partying with Brandon while she's like holding the baby. And I'm like, no, what's going on? <laughs> uh, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am excited to see what happens in the next episode because I feel like Jordana's life is being threatened. Like there is yeah. a pack of Juliet's supporters on a private island in the middle of the night. And Jordana is so wasted. She doesn't know what she's saying. She's like, I'm sorry that someone has attracted to me. I can't help it. And Juliet's like, I will drag you by your hair into the ocean and drown yeah. you and no one yeah. will find your body and it'll be fine <laughs> like the most eloquent thing that Sam billionaire boyfriend has ever said is it's like a 
pack of five two blondes acting like a pack of wolves. He's like, there's yeah. so many women here who want to kill Jordana. <laughs> and it is it is very real. And you could tell in this clip that she's like drunk as fuck. Uh, and yeah, I don't know absolutely. if she's just, like, I... totally leaning into this like villain moment. But also how weird of Sam to not like get up and move or even look at her. He's got he's such a weird human being. But if a, if a girl I is sitting like next to you and says billionaire... she wants to make out with you, you got to. Yeah. Leave? His billionaire instincts are starting to show where it's like, oh, I'm sorry. You don't actually get to boss me around when women are flirting with me you know like it's Mm. like know your it's it's a little bit of like know your place bullshit I think um because like what is Juliet gonna do the worst thing that happens to him is he's not on the show anymore but he brings a lot of value to the show because he has a private island I I don't know it's just like a strange it's an interesting power struggle I haven't seen her it seemed pretty transparent to me in this episode when she's like well, Sam and I are spending a lot of time together for the first time, so I think this will be a real test. I feel like that's the most transparent she's been about just, like, not really liking Sam that much. Like, <laughs> yeah. to be like, I don't know, I'm going to be with my boyfriend this whole time. I was like, first of all, bro, don't you live together? And second of all, yeah. instead of being like, I'm so excited to be here with him, like, it feels so romantic. Like, I'm a little nervous about being together all the time. Like, I don't know when I'm going to poop, LOL. Like, it wasn't that. It was just like, I'm a... You know, this is definitely going to put me to the test, see how much I can really tolerate him. That felt like the vibe to me, which is too much. Um, how do you feel yeah, about Yeah, I feel like she's also Chloe... like, I'm... Oh, no, you go ahead. It's okay. Uh, I feel like she's surprised at how uh, attracted she can be to a guy who's not attracted, who's not attractive, who has a ton of money. Like, that's what we're watching her discover. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh how do you feel about Chloe, like, basically pulling away from the show? Mm, sad. I think she's good for the show. I think it's – I mean, this is a very toxic show, so I understand. But she kind of was running shit. I also feel like a lot of her power went away when Alex Compo went away because, you know, she was, like, his little minion. Um, True. Yeah, I don't know where her storyline goes from here other than just, like, messing up everyone else's lives. So I get it, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I think it's and I, I, I think it's curious to leave in the middle uh, as opposed to just like not coming back for the season. But I guess that's just yeah. to try to be an advertisement for her um, Patreon page. Yeah, that makes sense. But there you Anything go. else? Um, Roni Luann just like lost her mind and was being fully racist to Ebony. Um, yeah, just as racist. The, as she I don't really be, even know what to felt. say about that. Yeah. No, that's – I think that's it. I think you did it. I think it's – it was all of the <laughs> okay. bad things. It was shocking and and not shocking, and it was disturbing, and it was unsettling, and I, like, so feel for Ebony and, like, would have been, I assume, more upset in that situation. I don't know. It's just – it's such a debacle of a situation, and I uh, feel so bad for her. Ebony. I appreciated at least the example in Ebony's talking head when she goes, does anybody fucking notice that Leah screamed at everyone yeah. and stormed out of the party and I am having a conversation and I got called the angry woman. And that like something like that is like such to use it as an example to make it like such a teachable moment is like the only good thing that comes out of scenes like this where fucking Luann is just being racist. Um, well, I will so say I, I absolutely did notice that. And I also n- noticed it in comparison to Sonia having a full fucking meltdown in public about Wells Fargo. I mean, yeah, the, the yeah. two behaviors couldn't be more different. Ebony was being very reasonable and standing up for herself. I wouldn't even say that she was angry. I would say that she was having like a heated discussion that she was passionate about. And so mm-hmm. was Luann. And I don't think that... I don't know. I just think labeling her as angry is just so clear cut, like not, not right, and it just sucks. I don't know. There it's a, it's, um, it's really tough to keep dealing with this on these uh, yeah. franchises. I don't know what to say. I don't know how much forgiveness we have. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was a in the finale of um, I don't know if finale is the right word, but the last episode of the Andy Cohen like reality the story of reality TV series. They do an interview with Omarosa, um, and she's like, 
back when I first did The Apprentice, there like weren't black women in reality TV. And right. if you notice other people playing The Apprentice, the same game that I was playing, they were called strategic and I was called a villain. Yeah. And she's like, it's just so clear yeah. that she was like, I'm happy to have like at least started to pave the way of like being somebody who was black on a reality show and and making that space. Yeah. But it is she was like, I don't accept that label. Like I, I was a game player and I'm strategic and I also I'm good TV, but I'm not going to like just accept that because you're just she's to also like an atrocious person she like yes. literally was part of the trump administration yeah <laughs> so yeah. both things can be true like but i yeah. totally yeah i totally hear that i mean i'm sure if we rewatched those seasons now which like i will never watch anything with donald trump in it again but uh if we rewatched it now we'd be like why is she a villain it's just because she's a black woman mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. yeah but then you know maybe don't uh contribute to the death and destruction of like all minorities by working for donald trump after true. that true okay Um, We are talking about an iconic reality show, Girls Next Door, one of my favorite shows, with very funny comedy writer Patrick, um, and I'll let you guys hear more about him on the other side of this, like I always do. All right, today we are talking about a very special show that I'm so glad we finally got someone to cover because it doesn't have the biggest audience, even though it should. Um, (laughs) And we have very funny comedy writer Patrick Scott with us to discuss Girls Next Door, the uh, Playboy Bunny reality TV show from the early 2000s. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Okay, please tell us what your relationship is with this show. I'm just cutting right to the chase because I, like, need to know how other people found this and, like, when you watched it, why you're a fan, all of that. I I was, I mean, an original. Like, I watched it every Sunday night. Like, this oh is – so if Whoa. it came on and I think it was 2005, I was, I was like, 12. And so, I, like, I'm the youngest of three. I've always loved reality TV, and my parents were kind of like – as long as he's alive and doing whatever we don't really care what he watches <laughs> and except this one this is the one show my mom would walk in and be like how can you watch this trash and I was like how dare you like, these are <laughs> this is something to aspire like these these girls have worked their asses off to get where they are and this is a life that I want so you need to accept this and so I started well I remember watching it and I would have to like not watch it in front of my parents but it like I remember watching every Sunday night when this was kind of in that weird in-between era, like after like Osborne's newlyweds, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then before like Kardashians boom, Bravo boom. Like I feel like this mm-hmm. show is kind of overlooked and I was obsessed with it. And one of the reasons why I loved it so much and still do is because even when you watch it back there, it doesn't feel like anything is scripted. Like I, we'll get into a lot of, there was stuff we didn't know about, but like, they're I think they're so just authentic and being themselves and yeah it's just an insane it's insane the whole thing is insane this is such a treat for me because I have the same experience with this show I watched it every single week when it was on in 2005 I'm a couple years older than you and like I truly just told my mom like I do not want to go to college I am going to move into the Playboy Mansion and hopefully if I'm lucky I will get to be one of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends like the whole plan like this show represents the American dream to me I was like if you just bleach your hair so blonde that it Mm -hmm. looks like it's going to break off your head and you get the biggest tits you could buy maybe you will get to do all this cool shit at the Playboy Mansion. And my mom was like, oh, my God, (laughs) we have a real issue. I don't know if you can keep watching this show. Why do you think it's, like, so desirable? I don't know. It's so interesting to me that I felt that way as a teenager. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that, for one, when you see something like that, when when you're, like, a teenager or a tween, you're like, oh, my God, like, what I see must be the whole truth. This is, like, what a life they lead. Like, everything is great. And... (laughs) I think it was also that, like, that era of, like, I was obsessed with L.A., like, I and Simple Life and, like, people that were from L.A. and the Osbournes. Like, when I, my dad is a lawyer and he had a trip, like, when I was in sixth grade or something and my mm-hmm. mom was going to come and he was like, let's take Patrick. It's spring break. We'll go. 
I mean, I was like, this, I'm, I'm getting discovered on this trip. Like we're, we're going, I was like, we're going to the Ivy. We, I got a map to the stars. We went to the gates of the Playboy Mansion. Like I was like, maybe they'll be coming out and they'll see, like, I, I bought a Von Dutch hat. Like I made sure this trip was worth it. And there was this thing about it. Like it was LA. It was, they were so wealthy, like, or they seemed to be, and we'll get into that later about like their, what their budgets and stuff. But like, for me, it was they lived in this mansion, check. They get a car, whatever car they want, check. They get as many dogs as they want, cats. One of the girls on like the Cribs <laughs> episode, who I think she like moved out when he had like eight girlfriends, she had a monkey. I was like, these, what else do you need? Like, this is, this is perfect. And then like their lives just weren't, I, they were like, everything just seemed so glamorous at the time. I was like, they go to dinner at, in a Hummer limo. Yeah. And they get to go, like, the epitome they, of glamour in 2005, oh my, Hummer limo. White, a white limo with the logo, the Playboy logo. Like, come on. And they... And they have, like, 24-7 room service. Yeah, Yes. Okay. Oh, my... And then, which look, also, look at, like, you looked at the... I was like, oh, my God, can you imagine just, like, ordering up whatever you want, these five-star chefs? And then when you look back now, you're like, oh, God, they were, like, that food does not look... No like the top like it's like and they someone told me they knew this is one of my favorite shows i ever heard about this they knew someone that like worked with them or on the show and they the girls made they said they, they the girls made the chefs memorize the entire cheesecake factory menu oh my they god wanted to be, wait stop. i worked at the cheesecake factory see i was meant to be on the okay show. so you <laughs> you you. <laughs> you would have been in the door holly would have been threatened it would have you would have been in there like this is what i'm saying so like yeah, I but like looking back, I was like, this is what like what else would you need? Like yeah. you can do whatever you want. Like and then Kendra like slept till whenever she was like she did whatever she wanted and and then I so it was like just so mesmerizing to me. And then I kind of later was like, wait, like <laughs> they have to be with him like all the time and like he's not that fun. And <laughs> then you learn about like like I'm like wait they like can't go home for Christmas like. I might have a problem with that. And then it gets very problematic. But for the, when it was on, I was like, this is, this is what, like, this is everything. This is what, this is how you make it in America is you, <laughs> yes. these girls have got it. I, these I ladies, totally agree. Me. Where are you from originally? I'm from Houston. Okay. Okay. I see. Cause I am from a suburb outside of LA and I still was like, this is the dream life. Like I'm here. I could just drive right over there and just hopefully be in a good bikini and maybe I'll bring get the noticed. gate. Yeah, exactly. Bring the gate. Yeah. Um, and Taylor, you had never seen the show until we forced you to watch it. So what are yeah. your thoughts? It was, it was one of those shows where I knew of it. I didn't watch it when it was on, on TV, which is crazy. Cause I also sort of had a, like no restrictions on what television you could watch uh in my family but I still just it didn't come up and then I as we've been doing the podcast Alyssa's like we've got to do Girls Next Door we have to find someone who's going to do Girls Next Door and I've been very excited to watch it and what's interesting hearing you guys I've watched uh most of the first season in in the past few weeks that like Mm. it does especially in the beginning it's so so glamorous and you're right there in this mansion and they're all having fun but pretty immediately there's some like very like devastating monologues like everything that's going on with these girls and how they've got and it's all in this like peppy kind of high voice they're all beautiful and they're all blonde and Bridget will be like so it was always my dream to be in Playboy magazine and every month Hugh explains to me exactly why I can't be in it and it is heartbreaking every time And it's like, and and it, it, but the music is still really fun. And there's like sparkles. And as she's saying this, there's like 15 chihuahuas running around Mm -hmm. her. And there's like, uh, there's all of these distractions of the the glitz and the glam. But a lot of them have these like really dark, like everything going on with Holly's insecurities are also Mm -hmm. very, uh, very like sad and scary. But then meanwhile, Kendra will one run by and like an Eagles jersey and be like, I'm having a topless pool party. Let's go. (laughs) So there's just a lot happening that makes it such a rich show to watch because you're you're both like you know it's very intoxicating and it's also morbidly fascinating but it's also somehow aspirational it's all the thing for some reason when i was 12 i kind of overlooked the fact that he had three girlfriends and there definitely is room for like there's no way all these girls are like best friends and it's fine and that that nothing's going wrong like what could go wrong i think in my mind i was like 
I could give a blowjob once a month, you know? Like, it's fine. Like, now we'll do yeah. the other two weeks out of, or three weeks out of the month, and, like, I'll just not – we'll just compartmentalize that, and I'll get a new car. Like, it's it's going to be fine. <laughs> it made me yeah. wonder how much effort was put in in terms of production to sort of desexualize Hugh himself as a character because I, I would have to remind myself that all of these girls were together in this house because they were his girlfriend. Like, that was something – it almost felt like he was just, like, a – a dad or some sort of like distant character because he was boring as we've mentioned and I I found that at least in the big chunk of season one that I watched there wasn't too much of like talking about having sex with him or what I, I don't know so I wonder how much of that was intentional or if that is just me not paying attention to it I mean also I, like we I have think to it's say yeah he also turns 80 on this show <laughs> in season just, two Yes, like, I just need to point out to people who haven't seen it before, like, Holly, I think, is 25 or 26. Uh, I don't know how old Bridget is, but I'm assuming around that age. And then she was, she was, like, 30-something. Oh, she was? Okay. She was older, and I remember, like, yeah, my, and now when I watch back, I'm like, Holly's like, well, I'm 26 now, so if I want to be married with a baby at 28, he needs to get moving. And I'm like, oh, my God, she was 26. I thought she was, like, 40 in my 12-year-old mind. Like, this is just not, like, these are like Kendra can't even legally drink and she's like I can't wait to go to Mastro's on the 21st and it, yeah. it is so crazy but they, yeah, they kind of like what you said they they the show very much felt like three friends and then this quirky old man that kind of lives there but he pops in every yeah. now and then in his pajamas but like I never in my 12 year old mind was like oh god like Holly has to fuck him later like that's what's going on <laughs> like that's yeah. really bleak do you want to talk about... And honestly, I do think Holly really did love him. Like, I think she was totally fine. She was, like, his girlfriend, and who knows what, how much interaction there was with the other two women, but she really feels like... I just remember from the time thinking, like, she really does want to marry this guy, you know? And this yes. is the yes. life that yes. she has very much embodied. Um, and she looks up to his older girlfriends, which is, like, such a strange dynamic where she's like, I'm not threatened by them because they're just too old now. <laughs> oh, like my God. So that Barbie Bitten episode. Can we even – that one's one of my favorites when Barbie oh comes. Oh, my God. And, and then they later on, like, later season become, like, friends with her and go to her house in Aspen. That's absolutely insane because she's deranged. But it – yeah, she's, like – I she definitely, like – was in love with him and like wanted the babies and like kind of watching back you're like oh my god you really could have seen this for yourself there but Kendra and Bridget I kind of like ha like I respect all of them but like Bridget and Kendra I'm kind of like they you know kind of got in there and were like like Kendra was like I'm just gonna have fun and do what I want like this, yeah. which is kind of genius and great and I feel like that's Bridget too like she I don't know. She just seemed kind of more like, yeah, I'm I'm number two, and that's fine. Like whatever. I love to she give rap and yeah. She, I think, I feel like you're right. Both of the other Kendra and Bridget were more there for the lifestyle, but there was like, like I said, just that heartbreaking pursuit for Bridget to be in Playboy, and she talks about when the new girls come in to yeah. do test photo shoots, trying to sabotage them by getting yes. them wasted before, and she's like, I just think it's funny because they're just like, they're making, you know, that's my dream, and they get to have yeah. it, so <laughs> I try to ruin their lives. I don't know. It's crazy. I also, crazy. like, so identify with, like, well, if they were really serious, they wouldn't be drinking shots the night before, because I wouldn't be. I'm like, yeah, that's how I yeah. think too, Bridget. <laughs> like, yeah, it's... Oh, and they have to, these poor girls have to come and stay in these like outdated guest rooms. We're like, welcome to the mansion. And then you see where they're staying. You're like, oh God, like they're going to stay in these horribly outdated rooms. And then like these girls are taking them out and they don't even, and then they're later, they're like, I hope that she gets a little drunk. So she like sabotages it. And then it's just so bleak when you like see, and then also <laughs> like speaking of like being on, some of the things they said, like being honest, like I watched by like Holly very much up front like outwardly is like yeah I want him to have just me like and they don't seem yeah. they never say a thing back like she'll be like I'm trying to show half that like you, the world goes on when you have just one girlfriend in the house and they kind of just laugh or like it's she talks about, like her wedding colors and one day when she's the wedding and Bridget and Kendra are like that'll be gorgeous and I'm like what how <laughs> like what well, do we want to talk about the current controversy? Because I feel like it has to do a little bit with, you know, the idea of having sex with three girls at the yeah. same time. I have not read Down the Rabbit Hole, Holly's mm -hmm. book, but I've, like, read interviews and excerpts. And she just did call her daddy, like, last month. And there was some, right. some like, un like, again, they came up. And now they're even making Sony bought it as a series. It's going to be like a scripted series. <gasps> so that's going to be 
amazing. Oh, I'm and, calling um, Sony right now, and I need to yeah. on that show. <laughs> they, so they're going to hear this, I think, and they're going to be like, we need consultants. So that's why I think this that's will really us. work out. <laughs> yeah, she was so, de- like, she was very depressed through a lot of the, the relationship. She, like, he was very controlling, obviously. Like, and she was so unhappy and kind of convinced herself that she had a baby and they got married that she would stay. And every time she would like, she would, she wrote in the book, like she was gonna leave and he knew that she was unhappy, but he told her not to see a therapist because he was afraid a therapist would say, yeah, this is not normal. Get out of there. So he would like leave documents around that said like on my death, she'll get $3 million and stuff. like, just try to get her to stay. Oh get her my to stay. God. Just because, oh yeah, like gaslighting things. Like he, and she said that like he would say, like he would pit the women against each other all the time. And like, he also was like the mastermind of the show. Like he gave, she said he gave them these roles. Like Kendra was going to be all about partying. Bridget was going to be all about like her career and like doing other stuff, voiceover work and whatever. And then he's like, Holly's role is going to be obsessed with me. Like that's all she cares about is being obsessed with me. And then... I wrote, there was something else that was insane. They weren't paid for the first season because they were told they were replaceable. Oh. And so they, and they, yeah, they were signed their contracts with no lawyers looking over them. Oh my God. And like, yeah, just crazy. And then like they, she said that like life got a little better when they got the show because one, it gave them more freedom because they had a fucking 9 PM curfew every night. Like the, yeah. there's so many strict rules. Like you had to have your hair white blonde. Apparently he didn't like she said he didn't like pigment in their hair, which is oh my insane. God. And then, pigment. yeah, you could not you could not be late for 9 p.m. curfew. You get like an allowance. This says like a thousand dollars a week. Everything else, but that's used for like glam, going to the salon. You get a car, but they lease the cars. It said because in case one of these girls is like, I'm out of here. They don't get to just leave in their car. They have to like give it back. And he has all these things set up. And then like. There, like, there's an episode in season one where they go to Vegas for their friend's birthday. Did you mm-hmm. see that? And they, yeah. and Bridget's like, well, since Heaven isn't coming, like, we have to fly Southwest and get there early so we can sit together. And we have to leave at 4 a.m. so that we come back by 9. And it's like, wait, you have to, I remember thinking, like, when I was 12, being like, well, that's kind of odd. Like, I thought they had a jet. Like, why are they flying Southwest <laughs> for the day and then rushing back? And then, like, even then, I think he, or they go to Bridget's hometown, and they Holly's like, "Let me check in with Hef at lunch," and he's like, "Are you gonna come back and surprise me by like six for movie night?" And she's like, "No," and he's like, "Okay," and so it's like all these crazy rules. And then it said that when he like when you go to parties with him, like at the at the mansion, you have to stay at the table, like near the table. You have to like be a good like billboard for the brand and the company for him. And then when he's ready to go upstairs you all have to go upstairs. Like, the party's over. The thing that I heard um, that was a controversy was Kendra said she never had to have sex with Hef. Mm-hmm. And Holly was like, that's not true. There's no way you would have been asked to move into the mansion as his girlfriend if you hadn't had sex with him. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Like, what? they that like ignited their, reignited their feud. Like, they... And then Kendra... I was reading some insane tweets from Kendra, like, from years ago about... Her being like, just because you, like, I don't know. It sounds like what they said, and Holly even said it, I think, herself, like, she had to do some degrading, awful stuff that, like, is just horrible and, like, nowhere near what you would think was from their life on the show. And But, yeah, she said that they anyone in, that came in the house had to sleep with Hef. And so, like, they all did. And then I think Kendra had at first said, like, in her book or something, they had sex, like, twice, and it wasn't really anything like it was just bleak and like sad (laughs) and gross well here's the thing there's a lot of bleak sad sex in life that doesn't result in you having like 11 puppies in a carpeted room you know so i don't know there's so (laughs) much carpet carpet. in this mansion horrible carpet carpet. why is there so much why is that generation obsessed with white carpet i don't understand is that like luxurious to some people that's like an allergy nightmare to me well, he, Especially a lot if you of... have fucking 45 dogs running around. <laughs> they yeah. had oh, so and... many dogs that in the first episode, they started to forget whose dog they were and what their name was. They'd yeah. be like, well, these are my five, and this is her six, and then there's, okay, so there's two more that are kind of like house dogs, and then there's four or five that are just like outside in the driveway sometimes. It's like, that is, and I love dogs, but that's an insane amount of dogs for a carpeted mansion. Bananas. Yes, it was so. Well, a lot of like 
I feel like the mansion and certain things about Hef, like he was 80. So like a lot of the things, like he moved to the mansion in the seventies. He has liked the same things Mm -hmm. like for 50 years and he doesn't see the reason to change. So they're kind of like, okay, so the decor is horrible. Like Mm -hmm. he has a soup meal at 5 PM every day. (laughs) And like, he wears these pajamas that are not sexy anymore. Like it's like, there's just certain things that like they were do that you're like, oh, this may have been like really chic in 1980, but it's 2006 and like this looks bad and the mansion needs to get redone. And like, yeah, their rooms were just like, there was just shit everywhere. I know. And... I was thinking about how like they didn't have their, the Marie Kondo method had not been introduced into society and it was like giving me so much anxiety just how much crap they had all over their room. But I feel like that was a very early 2000s like thing to do like just like collages and stickers and just like tchotchkes and shit everywhere yeah and especially like you said kendra is like 20 yeah (laughs) like i was like cutting out things from mary claire magazines and pasting them on shoe boxes and throwing them around because you're still like a fucking teenager oh yeah i mean my room right now looks like kendra's room i will admit that to you but like i i don't have a staff like i'm like was the were the they're not allowed in your room like this is they were, they were always... too busy picking up dog poop constantly. <laughs> <laughs> There's more dogs than people. Um, and then you have a zoo Wait, speaking in the of backyard. Key, and speaking of budgets and all of this, it, it blew my mind how often the girls were like, we're going to go shopping. We're going to go shopping for so-and-so's birthday. And they would go to like a like gift shop. Yeah, and they would spend seemingly a bit of money buying like everything in the get like these cheap, shitty, ironed-on, weird shirts and like, f- like thongs and things that were just yeah. in gifts. And that was so bizarre to me. It was another element of that, like, oh, this is so exciting. They just get to go hop in this like pink car and they get to go shopping. And then I was like, hold up, it looks like they're shopping on Hollywood Boulevard at a thing that just says like tourist yeah. outside. Yeah, yeah, they're at Trashy What's Lingerie on? on La Cienega, or they're yes. literally at the Palms gift card because Kendra left lost her gift at the house when they were trying to leave. But like, yeah, are they? Yeah, there's just certain. I guess they they didn't have like a salary. Like everything was the mansion was free, but if you don't want like soup for lunch at five, you want to go out and do whatever it's not it's on your dime and so they kind of like yeah the things were never as like glamorous as they seemed to be all those years ago like they were not um they didn't they like things ended when you like got to their personal stuff like they were getting and if hef wasn't involved well and speaking of the sort of you know, feud between Holly and Kendra in the Andy Cohen for real series that he's doing right now, where it's like kind of going Mm. over the history of reality TV. One of the producers of girls next door was like, uh, Holly would come to watch like the first cut of episodes and she would hold a stopwatch timer in her hand (gasps) and would time how much screen time she got versus how much screen time Kendra got. Oh. Honestly, I knew I always liked her. I She is very much <laughs> like, back in the day, I just remember being like, no, she's a smart businesswoman in the same way that people would say that about the Kardashians, mm-hmm. like when they thought mm-hmm. Kim was like a fucking idiot. And I was like, no, these are women who know what the fuck they're doing and they are stars and they're like do- making good decisions. And so to me, that's like, yeah, like go do that. Go like advocate for yourself. If you're the number one girlfriend, they ended up giving like Kendra a spinoff show. I would be pissed mm-hmm. off about that too, you know? But yeah. also, read that contract, Holly. Yeah. Like, you're there with the stopwatch. <laughs> you're seeing the editor's cuts. Like, girl, you're not getting paid. So it is. I totally agree with you. It's very, very smart. But it's so sad to think of also everything that is smart and special about them being completely, like, squashed in this weird environment that he was making. Very strange. It's also fascinating to see, like, at the in the first season when Kendra's family comes for her birthday, that the family oh God, is, like, yeah. very happy to be there. They're like, he was nothing but nice. Yeah. This is a lovely situation. The like, mom, like, wants to be a playmate. She was an Eagles cheerleader. And she's oh, yeah. like, I'm ready to go to the lingerie party. Like, it's pretty oh, cute, my, yes. honestly. At his 80th, that scene when she brings, like, a negligee or something yeah. and then Kendra hides it in a drawer and then she finds it she's dancing with all the way Ray on the dance floor oh I love Patty she just was like <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't blame her she was like this is my shot too and I love how Kendra's grand like 
the grandmother is like, oh, he, Hef is the sweetest. He's very handsome. He's very sweet. And I'm like, well, y'all like are the same vintage. Yeah, so. you should be dating. <laughs> yeah, like, you deserve, like you should be in here. Yeah, they, they love him. And they, it's, yeah. Do you know what's crazy about this environment is like that it all at once is supposed to make you feel like the most beautiful or one of the most beautiful women in the world while also trying to make you feel like the least important like girlfriend in your boyfriend's life. Like the mm-hmm. the Bridget seems like it's the in, the being in the house is making her feel more confident and beautiful while also feeling like so small and shitty. It's it's a very weird just juxtaposition to me because then it like just fucks with their heads. Yeah. Yeah. It also made or, me think yeah. about how young women are so they have a lot of power in certain ways because they're commodities, but they but also no one will listen to them. So they're very controllable commodities. Right. And that was very as a woman who's about to turn 30, that was very apparent to me. Like you don't re- like when you're 20 years old and someone's like you're hot, you're like, "Oh, that's nice. Great." And then they're like <laughs> milking you, like making all this money off of you, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. and they don't take you seriously and you're so insecure that you just kind of like do whatever they say. And it w- that dynamic was like very apparent to me this time around. Yeah, or like when they he, I mean, this this sentence even and now I'm like, "Oh, this is fucked." Like he was like, "I've decided to put you all in the magazine." And they're like, "Oh my god, like we've earned it like yes. this is yes this was worth like oh like thank you so much sir and like holly even says like i feel like because all of his ex-wives and girlfriends were on the cover this like validates me being his girlfriend which is so like oh my god and then it's bridget's dream it's kendra's dream and then when they get in the experience like there's a scene when um like bridget's getting like her mba or something or her masters and so like she like is in school while she's doing all this and she has a test like a final during they're going to do like a shower scene group scene in the grotto and Bridget's like, well, I have this, this final. It's like, I have to be there. And they're all like, Oh no. Well, like, okay, well, Kendra and Holly can shoot it. And then like, maybe if we have time when you're back, we'll do that. And so then she leaves and she comes back and they have this shoot without her. And she's like devastated. Like, she's like, it's just not fair. Like, why can't I be? And it was, like this was supposed to be like your dream and then you like because you had a final they were like well sorry about that like <laughs> we're gonna do it without you and and like it's she it's fucked <laughs> and i'm also like oh you couldn't move the schedule when you're literally like hugh is the boss like hef's the boss and like you're at the playboy mansion you can't wait like two hours but okay and it and then holly says something else when they're shooting that was so weird to me where she's like i mean like the literal playboy mansion and her boyfriend founded playboy which is you know nudity is a thing it's like their biggest thing and she's like oh yeah like i forgot when i was so comfortable with my shoot like i had a i think she has something like a, like a vodka coke or something which is bizarre and she's like i loosened up and like i was just walking around naked and then i realized like when i saw hef like he doesn't really like that so i forgot to put on my robe because he thinks i should cover up a little bit more when people are around oh and you're like well God. what what are we doing See, here that's like, what i'm saying it's so crazy what do you guys think of Hef and Playboy? Like, what were your, what was your perception of that growing up? And like, what do you think about it now? I thought, I, I remember, you know, thinking that it was like very, growing up, my first thought about it was like, that that was, um, that was all porn. Like, I, whenever wow. I learned the word Playboy, or I learned the, like, the symbol, I was like, oh, that's what porn, and I, like, conflated the whole idea. And then probably when I was, like, a preteen, I realized the complete difference, and I was like, oh, no, this is a very, like, specific type of magazine, and that it's its own sort of thing. And then I started to have, like, a different understanding of it. Uh, but, yeah, my very initial, th- what the first thing I had thought of was, was, like, much much quote unquote i don't want to say worse but 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 much different than it is um and that looking back it's like easy to sort of also romanticize now too because mm-hmm. it's uh, a a certain very theatrical version of this industry that is like kind of fun and sexy and very pinuppy and very like mm-hmm. almost vaudevillian like looking back i'm like those are the kind of those would be cool pictures to just have of your body right mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. way that they're all taken i don't know oh so yeah that's that was my kind of as much as i can remember at least initial impression i yeah i knew like 
growing up, like it was bad. Like that was porn. Like you, you, the, like from a, the first memories of it, like that's what you hit under your bed. It's what like, you know, like that's what people, it was in the air, the Hudson news, the airport. It was in the section with like the covers over it. And I was like, what are those? Yes, and my mom was yeah. like, get away from mm-hmm. that shelf. And I was like, oh, okay, this is bad. And then it like, it, I remember like it was, yeah, like it wasn't as, I don't And then I like look back, I knew it seems like kind of trashier and cheap when I was growing up and knew about it. But then you look back at it and you're like, oh, like, yeah, some of the photos from like, I think the first cover ever is like Marilyn Monroe. They got her and like, they're very yeah. gorgeous, like cl- chic shots. And like something about like, whenever they show Hef and like his videos from like the sixties and the seventies where they had like the Playboy plane and like all the bunnies and the nightclubs and the outfits there. I'm, I think that's very chic and fun. Like mm-hmm. it, it looks really good there. And like, that's kind of, I think he was way ahead of his time where now, like, you know, we see this all the time and it's just kind of, and I think they even said like Playboy struggled, like once the world became more sexualized and like had, there was, it was more common, like they kind of struggled. And I remember at one point, towards the I think he may have died before they even did this but like they were like we're not doing nudity anymore we're doing we're gonna be like, like Esquire kind of like classier like more yeah. like interviews and stuff and I think they were like oh shit and they went back to nudity because like we are we need to sell these magazines but it I yeah it's very much like I don't know there I think other things have come out since then that took inspiration from them that just seem more beloved and accepted and like more more glamorous by society right. than playboy like it kind of lost its glimmer and then like there was the stuff like with the show was kind of the last era of that world being like something that people were fascinated with like you know the playboy mansion and like all these things and i think there was like a playboy tv channel for a while and that didn't last and then like there's like i remember the sex in the city episode when they go there and it's samantha's like this is my dream come true and then after that yeah. it kind of like wasn't like after the show, because I mean, he was also so old. Like, I know kinda... it's so it's, it's so interesting to me to hear you guys say that you thought it was trashy because I always thought it was like Hollywood glamour. Like that was my perception mm. of it. Like growing up, and I what like when I was eighteen, I like created my own Playboy bunny costume for Halloween. Like when I went to USC, Hugh Hefner would like guest uh, on do a guest talk at the film school on a class and on censorship and that was like a huge deal and you couldn't get into the class and I never got to see Mm. him talk before he died like I just thought it was like this amazing and the mansion you hear so many stories about Hollywood like and now I'm looking back and I was like I don't really think I thought about like showing my full vagina in a magazine (laughs) like that's uh that's tough to watch these women do but like good for them it's just like a very specific kind of brave woman can do that yeah i mean through this show and through these women like they kind of put them back on the map and i think that's like you know they weren't even paid for the first season but then i think they realized like oh these these girls are the star he was not the star like these people love them and Mm -hmm. like they kind of put it back on the map but then yeah you know what it is i think to me all of this and it kind of goes with how i feel about vegas like it was like a classy slutty brand and i love that I would love yeah. to be a classy <laughs> slut, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we being, all do. Being like a very expensive, beautiful art directed slut sounds amazing mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, curated. But I do want to know more about what the Playboy Mansion is like right now. Like, is it's it being just... renovated? Oh well, when he oh should we get it when when he di- he died like several years ago? Yeah, and somebody Mauricio the one and only he listed it for like 150 million or something or no Hef was still alive and they put it up for sale for 150 million with Mauricio and the agency but it said like whoever buys this he gets to live Hef gets to live here until he dies so like yeah so and (laughs) someone it's like the longest lease back of all real estate right and I mean I think it like I'm looking up right now yeah some billionaire bought it and they are completely gut like it's been under renovations for years. Like they're completely renovating it and like it's not I mean, Crystal had to move out when he died and um they sold the the the, the playmate house across the street. Like that's been torn down, I think, because I was wow. watching Million Dollar Listing LA and they were like gonna combine like two lots or something together. But that house was also a dump, like in the middle of Homeby Hills. And um but yeah, someone some billionaire bought it and it's no like it's it doesn't exist anymore. 
Wow. wow. That mm-hmm. makes me kind of sad. I, yeah, I would hope someone sad. would have, like, preserved it and upgraded it and then, like, maybe rented it out as, like, a where you could have events or something. Yeah. No, it's kind of – that whole world is kind of, like, died. Like, yeah. they – I don't think his daughter, Christy, runs Playboy, Playboy anymore. His son was running it for a little bit, but I don't think he's doing it anymore. And then – like, yeah, Holly has her book. Kendra is a real estate agent now at the agency. She's moved on. Um, Hell Bridget- yeah, I love that combo. <laughs> she, I was looking at her Instagram last night. I guess she's also, like, becoming a designer, interior designer. And she has good taste. Like, I think she's... That's shocking. Yeah, her and Patty <laughs> do not speak, though. I know, her and Patty don't speak, though, anymore, which is really sad. And they, Aww. like, had a huge falling out. I think on, like, maybe her Wii show or, like celebrity couples of something crazy where the scene is like cringeworthy how they're yelling at each other and it is like sad and fucked in the end but bridget seems to be doing great she has a podcast about ghosts which (laughs) i kind of think she always she's where she wanted to be yeah that's the perfect speed for her yeah i'm so happy they're all like thriving in their own way because that's the best kendra and holly have so likable and wonderful yeah hell yeah I'm, i'm i'm really happy for them and they you know even though they kind of like I mean, it's great they t- they're telling their story, but, like, it's just kind of, like, it is a bummer that, like, oh, like, there was all this fuck stuff behind the scenes, and, like, mm-hmm. but they came out of it, and they were telling their story, and they, like, you know, I don't know. Kendra, like, there was a tweet where she was, like, hinting at a reunion, and fingers crossed that we, yeah. like, a sit-down reunion-style, no holds barred, that's what I'm praying for. Yeah, for oh sure. God, ditto. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being an encyclopedia of knowledge. Oh my gosh, thank next you. Door. Like, this is everything I dreamed of and more, honestly. You've, you've taught me so many things, and I love your show so much.